0: Welcome to CineStudy, an incomparable extravaganza featuring film breakdown, analysis, and overall good times. Now for our 29th episode, Thoughts on MCU Phase 4. Hello everybody, welcome back to CineStudy. I'm your host, Dylan, and in today's episode I will be reviewing the recent announcements of the phase four movies of Marvel. Marvel, of course, has put out 23 movies, I believe, up to this point, and they've done so in sort of phases. Phase one was kind of the origin stories of a lot of the big characters leading up to the Avengers. Phase two was just kind of taking that to the next level, and phase three was all the big epic event ones that you've now seen, such as Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. And I'm gonna do my best to avoid spoiling anything from the previous three phases of Marvel, but I will say, just to kind of set up, Obviously, a lot has changed from the end of Phase 3 of where a lot of characters stand. So, Phase 4 is bringing in a lot of new faces. And with that in mind, I wanted to kind of talk about that, give my thoughts on what to expect from some of these movies, or at least what I'm expecting, which ones I'm excited for, which ones not so much, uh, which ones I think could turn out really well, which ones are going to be a little bit more difficult for Marvel to pull off. Uh, If you've seen the announcements for the Phase 4 movies of Marvel then you've seen that a lot of it is TV. I might briefly mention that, but I'm not really much of a TV guy. As big of a Marvel fan as I am, I probably won't be watching much of these TV shows, um, but I will briefly mention them as I go on just to kind of make sure this is a all-encompassing look at uh, what is to be expected in MCU Phase 4. Alright, so with that in mind, we're just going to go through one by one and look at all of these, and uh, I'll just kind of throw out some ideas as I go. So we start off with uh, May 1st, 2020, and that's when we get the Black Widow solo movie. I'm expecting this to be kind of an origin story, a prequel of Black Widow in Russia. This is actually one of the ones I'm most excited for. If I had to be most excited for any of them, I would probably have to pick a tie between two, and this is one of them, and that's because I think this movie has really great potential to be a super cool spy thriller kind of movie black widow's origin story and like the characters she is surrounded by they're all the potential for a lot of really cool double cross like intense thriller spy stuff obviously set in russia and i just think that if they do it right with a a really cool consistent like kind of thriller spy aesthetic then this movie will be really unique in the mcu slate but i could see this movie messing up in some way um by just trying to force a lot of stuff that sets up uh you later plot details of Black Widow's life, like if the writers go back through any Black Widow appearance in the MCU and just say, all right, let's pick out some of these random details and see if we can explain them in this movie. That's when we tend to get into trouble with like movies like Solo and stuff like that. I think they just need to tell a really cool, concise story of Black Widow as a spy, like that that side of her that we haven't really seen too much because every time we've seen her, she's been with other Avengers mainly. Um, But again, I think this movie could be a really sleek and maybe even intense thriller. Um, it's got a pretty good cast. We've got David Harbour, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weiss, uh, and a couple other people, which should be pretty cool. I'm not familiar with the writer, Ned Benson, um, but looking at his IMDb, he hasn't done much I've heard of uh, is why. A movie called The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby uh, is the only thing he's helmed. So writing-wise, I'm not sure. The director, we have Kate Shortland. Again, someone I'm not really familiar with. She's done movies such as Somersault, the Silence, not the Quiet Place Rip ripoff, uh, the recent Silence, this is another one. Uh, lore and Berlin Syndrome. Now, Berlin Syndrome, from looking at the pictures, does look like it has this really kind of uh, really bleak palette to it, and I think that's what could really work in Black Widow, of just having this really dreary environment where it's all about, like, spies and people tricking each other, and uh, it's kind of backstabbing and stuff. I think that'd be really cool. Um, David Harbour is apparently playing Alexei, aka the Red Guardian. I don't know much about this character. Um, something to do with basically the Russian ripoff of Captain America. So I couldn't tell you much about the direction of this movie, what the plot is. Um, But I do think Black Widow is a pretty fun character. Her fighting style is really cool. Like if you toss it back to uh, Iron Man 2 with her hallway fight, I mean, I would love to see really extended combat scenes of that because it's really sweet and really cool to look at. But this movie does have a lot of potential and uh, likely Marvel with everything will probably pull it off. All right, again, to just briefly mention in passing, we got some TV, Fall 2020, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not sure what it's going to be about, if it's going to be—I've heard it kind of could be like a buddy cop sort of thing in a way, but not sure. Uh, we'll move past that for now. November 6th, 2020, Eternals. Uh, I will admit I know nothing about the Eternals. I saw the cast. It's got people such as Angelina Jolie, uh, Richard Madden, and uh, Salma Hayek, and Kumail Nanjani. So it's got an okay cast. It's kind of an eclectic cast. It's not a lot of people you'd expect to be working together, I guess. Um, but I really don't know, you know, who the Eternals are, what their powers are, and I'm I'm okay admitting that because uh, I, Marvel does like to do deep pulls. I definitely knew a lot about, like, some of the earlier deep pools, like when when Guardians of the Galaxy was brought up and people didn't really know who that was. I was a fan because I liked the Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew who they were. Kind of same deal with Ant-Man, but this is one I'm definitely not familiar with, so I I couldn't give you many thoughts on this uh at all i think it's probably just by the name sounds a little bit more powers and sci-fi based uh like kind of in a dr strange way um but again i can't make any promises you listener probably know more about this than me all i know is i'm not necessarily looking forward to it just because i don't know enough about it at this point um but that will probably increase at some point all right february 12th 2021 now this is a character i am excited for shang chi and the legend of the Ten Rings. First of all, just think of like the fighting style of characters like Iron Fist and how much fun that is to watch, and I just imagine that translating right into this movie. Shang-Chi is kind of a master of kung fu, uh, and he does a lot of just crazy kung fu stuff. Uh, I believe he uses nunchucks and stuff like that, um, and then at some point in, in, like, in the comics, he can create duplicates of himself i had to do some research on this myself because i didn't know a ton of it about his character i i knew loosely of it and i thought okay that's pretty cool but then i did some more uh research just to see what kind of powers he has specifically um and i just imagine this being a really cool like martial arts movie and i mean if you think of the stuff in doctor strange anything in the kind of temples and the ancient one and stuff like that That's all a really—it's all really cool set design with really fun lore behind it, and then actual CGI and, like, Dr. Strange's powers looks really cool. So if you kind of take some of that and maybe transfer it, like, a little bit, it's obviously not going to be the same at all. If you look at pictures of Shang-Chi, there's, like, this weird, more colorful nature to it, this uh, more, like, kind of pop art, in a way, nature to it. Um, So it's not going to be a direct translation from what we've seen in, like, Dr. Strange. But I imagine it having kind of similar ties uh, in to a degree. But either way, we could just be getting a really fun, awesome, like super well-done kung fu movie. And that's something that just has not come out in a while. And with Marvel at the helm, it'll probably be awesome. As far as cast and directors go, uh, I don't really know much about the people in this movie. Uh, is in it, and then you got Simu Lu, I hope I'm saying that right, playing Sh- Shang-Chi. Uh, it's being directed by Destin Daniel Creighton. Uh, who did The Glass Castle, um, and really not much else. That's the other thing I noticed. There's not a lot of returning directors in Phase 4. Of course, we, we'll, we'll get some later. But there are some faces who have not helmed Marvel movies. Marvel likes to do that. There's been a lot of directors who are just new ones, um, but then stay on for their franchise. Um, so this is just kind of another example of that, of bringing in someone else that maybe you wouldn't expect to do in Marvel movie. But, you know, again, I think we could just be getting a really fun and, like, maybe even over-the-top kung fu movie, and, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? Okay, next on the slate, this is the one that is tied with Black Widow for being most most excited for it, uh, and that is May 7th, 2021, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. First of all, if you don't know much about uh, what this movie is going to be, I've heard rumors that this could be going for a more horror aspect, and I think that would be Really cool. Now, I'm not much of a horror fan, so that kind of deters me a little. I'm like, oh, am I really going to have to sit through a horror movie? But it's Doctor Strange, also with Scarlet Witch going to be in this movie. And with a name like Multiverse of Madness, it probably has big implications for the rest of the MCU of the multiverse being introduced. So it's something I will definitely see, no question. The horror stuff is kind of like, uh-oh, I I really am not good with horror. I'm not a fan of horror Um, But I think with these characters, it'll be really cool, really creative. Um, The powers of both of these characters are just so awesome and trippy that I think this movie will basically be what those five minutes of Doctor Strange being first introduced to the powers of the Ancient One, where he's like flying through galaxies and stuff. I think this movie is going to be a lot of that, actually, Um, which, again, is one of my favorite sequences from that movie. Uh, It could be overwhelming if, if they use it a lot, but I think this movie will be pretty intense and pretty awesome nonetheless. Uh, Again, Scarlet Witch is in this. A friend of mine thinks Scarlet Witch will actually just go off the rails and be the villain in this movie, Um, and he gave me a a big rundown of this about, you know, she's lost a lot. The only person that cared for her was Vision during Civil War after she caused all that collateral damage. Now Vision's gone, stuff like that, where I could see her having a dark side or turning to that. There's there's talk that the villain in this movie is a character named Nightmare, Um, but there's so many examples of Marvel bringing in villains or characters that are just there to advance one tiny plot element that it could be a mislead. Uh, for example, there's been plenty of characters like that. You've got uh the golden the, the golden race of people in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that are pretty much there just to set up Adam Warlock and then maybe have some expendables in the final battle at Ego's core. Um you got characters like Sonny Birch in Ant-Man and the Wasp, who really has no significance to the plot, just advances a couple details and allows Luis to have his super fun monologue again. You got characters like Crossbones and those other kind of 5-minute villains. That's what I like to call them as 5-minute villains where you've got the villains that are just in the opening scene, so Crossbones fighting at the beginning of Civil War. Um that guy with the monocle whose name I forget at the start of Age of Ultron. You're going to get a lot of these if you look at all the MCU movies. Could Nightmare just be another example of that or a side villain as the Golden One was or maybe if even if you want to include like the Grandmaster from Thor Ragnarok in that conversation you could. There's probably a lot more examples. Because, uh, obviously, there's so many Marvel movies. I just don't feel like picking through them all and, and giving a ton of examples here. But I think you get the idea, is that there's a lot of these characters that are really just plot point vehicles. Nightmare could be one of those, um, because the evidence that Scarlet which could go off the rails, I just gave a little bit of it, but he gave a lot more based on a lot of comic plot lines and stuff, which was pretty convincing. Marvel does tend to stray away from a lot of the plot lines. Like, the movie Civil War is a lot different from the comics of Civil War, but it was a pretty logical argument. I liked it. Um, Will it happen? Not sure. Uh, Either way, I think this movie is going to be awesome. And uh, just for the visual aspects alone, I think this movie will really shine. If they go the horror route, I think Marvel can nail that. They've had some scary sequences in the past. Even if you just look at the recent uh, scene in Spider-Man Far From Home... I'm not going to spoil anything um, by saying that, but if you've seen the movie, you know what sequence I'm talking about, where there is kind of, kind of some you know, horror elements introduced, especially with playing with sound. And so, so Marvel's going to be capable with this no matter what route they take it, um, because they could take it just like the original Doctor Strange route or a new horror route. They're doing it with two characters who have really awesome powers, so I think no matter what, this movie's going to be awesome. Directly after, this is what's also interesting with the whole Scarlet Witch theory, because directly after, in the spring of 2021, although it doesn't specify, this could be before May 7th, 2021, is WandaVision. It doesn't seem like it could just be a coincidence that two Scarlet Witch things are coming out at pretty much the same time. I think there's got to be some plot line that reaches across the two. Um, could that be Wanda like opening the multiverse to like, get another version of Vision? That was kind of the theory my friend posited. Um, which would make a lot of sense, her, like, opening a rift in the multiverse because she's trying to get Vision back, and that leads to the horrors that Doctor Strange has to fight in Multiverse of Madness. That's a really cool idea, and uh, and then it would also, uh, you know, in just a strict Marvel sense, you know, they're there to make money, and that would make you want to go buy Disney Plus to watch the TV show, which is ultimately wh- what they want. So that'll make sense. I'm really interested to see how those two play off each other, what they fo- what kind of plot lines they bring in, or... Uh, or maybe even throw away. Um, but again, with the whole idea of a multiverse, it could have big implications for the rest of the MCU, unless, of course, Doctor Strange is able to just like shut the multiverse down by the end of the movie or something. Um, I don't think they're going to pull any, oh, Iron Man's back kind of plot points, but they co- could pull some small ones like, oh, hey, one of the Infinity Stones is back here now, and now some other villain has it and stuff like that, like little things like that. Okay, after that, we got two TV shows in the spring and the summer of 2021. We got Loki. I believe this is going to be Loki, like, playing a bunch of different characters, like, using his illusions a lot. I think it's going to involve the alternate timeline that was introduced in uh, Endgame. Uh, I don't. I think it's just going to be really fun to see Tom Hiddleston as that character again. I think he's one of the best, if not the best, Marvel villain we've had. Um, and so it's going to be really—he's just such a fun character to watch. Um, and so I, I think that TV show will be pretty good. We also got What If, uh, apparently an animated TV show um, with a lot of the same casting of big characters. Like, I think Robert Downey Jr. is going to come up again, Chris Pratt. You know, a lot of these people, big characters are going to come in it. And basically what, what Ifs going to be is just, you know, theorizing about other Marvel scenarios, like what if Thor did go for the head? Or what if Captain America never took the super soldier serum, maybe? I'm, I'm just kind of making up some. But basically taking, like, key moments from the MCU and saying, all right, what if they didn't happen? And then just they're going to have, like, kind of a... I, I'm guessing mostly comedic, like a uh, montage of all, how all the events, the big moments you love from the MCU change. Um, so that would be pretty fun. That's the one TV show I'm probably interested in the most, um, followed by either Loki or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, so I'm interested to see how that does. I think it would be pretty cool. Um, we got two more movies here. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and come back to the next movie um, because there, this is a TV show that I want to mention because I really don't have anything to say about it. Uh, and that's in Fall 2021, 20, uh, the Hawkeye TV show. Uh, is this going to involve Hawkeye's daughter is kind of the question right now, because I thought I saw some art that showed that. Um, Nobody knows. Jeremy Renner could be back. Maybe not. Uh, I like Hawkeye. Good that they're giving him some more time. Uh, He really got to shine in Endgame. So, you know, I'm I'm satisfied with that. But they want to do a TV show. That's fine. Probably won't spend too much time there. Okay, to cap off what has been announced, the end of Phase 4, there's one other kind of bonus thing here that I'll talk about in a second. But for now, we got one more thing. And that is on November 5th, 2021, Uh, we will be getting Thor, Love, and Thunder. Now, before I talk about this, I do want to mention this is a very short phase, Um, not necessarily in terms of content, but in terms of time span. It felt like phase three was by far the biggest phase Marvel had in terms of the scope of the movies, the amount of movies, and the time period in which those movies came out. Phase four kind of brings it back to, you know, just a few movies. Actually, if I count here, we've got five, I believe, not including the bonus one. So it definitely brings it back down from how big phase three was. It's kind of like a... You know, a good milestone reset point for Marvel. Um, But anyway, back to the subject at hand. Thor, Love, and Thunder. So I don't know what to expect for this movie, um, which is its kind of half the reason it's not up there with Black Widow and Doctor Strange in my most anticipated Phase 4 movies. Those two, I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to the horror aspect of Doctor Strange, or, oh, I'm looking forward to maybe the cool spy direction we're going to get with Black Widow. Because I don't know a lot about Thor, Love, and Thunder, I just know the people involved. I don't have as much to, like, theorize about. I don't have as much to look forward to, I guess. And that makes it not as big of a movie I'm anticipating. But it is still pretty big, especially when you got Taika Waititi helming it again. Uh, If you listen to our Thor Ragnarok episode, episode 2, you know I loved that movie. Grant loved that movie. So we're excited to see him take the reins again. Um, But it's when it comes to the cast that I'm just... I guess I would say I'm more confused, and that's why I don't know what to expect or can necessarily look forward to anything, Um, because... Uh, you know, I, so the news is Natalie Portman will play Thor, and the the reason this is confusing is just because I don't know if Thor in that sense is going to be a mantle, or if uh, she's just like now her own character who has like Thor-like abilities, or if she's actually taking over for Chris Hemsworth. I've seen a lot of different answers to this question with no one across-the-board answer, or really one popping up most frequently, um, and... This is I'm am kind of fine with this cuz I like Natalie Portman. I think she she can do a good job with it. It's more of the fact that I'm a bit I really like Chris Hemsworth and like all the progress his character has made and I don't I just don't want that to be like thrown out the window uh, in this movie or thrown out period. I know there's, you know, talk of him joining the Guardians and stuff, so that'd be cool. But it's more of like will Thor be in this movie? Uh, like as in Chris Hemsworth's Thor. I hope so. If he's not, I think that's a big detracting for a lot of people because Chris Hemsworth has slowly been becoming a fan favorite. Like, first two Thor movies, not so much. Ragnarok hits, big fan. Infinity War, people get to be a bigger fan. Endgame, kind of, you know, divisive, but I'd say a lot of people are still a fan because his character's been going in so many unexpected directions. And so I want to see that continue, and I don't want it to be just a Natalie Portman movie uh, when I've been following Chris Hemsworth so much. But at the same time, I'm excited to see what Natalie Portman will do with whatever this role she's taking is. Again, it's very much in the dark. Like, I don't know anything about um, where she'll stand in all this. Um, I believe Valkyrie's supposed to return. Great character, so that's pretty cool. Um, and the, the other thing is if Chris Hemsworth is in this movie, is he in it a lot? Is he in it very little? Is he in it as Fat Thor again? There's really no telling. So that's the, that's the thing, is like, there's a lot of different choices they could make of how much Chris Hemsworth's in the movie. Uh, is Natalie Portman really Thor or someone with the mantle of Thor or just her own character that they're just saying is Thor for now just so people get the idea that it's going to be mainly her movie. And and because there's so many of those unanswered questions that have a lot of different combinations, I, I, I just hope they, they pick one or the other with Natalie Portman. They either go all in or they just say, oh, now she has powers and she can kind of be the uh, partner to Thor. And I, I just feel like they need to make that decision because if it's her just like strangely taking the mantle of Thor and then like what happens to Chris Hemsworth. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's just a very, it, it's an announcement that I'm excited for, but there's so many possibilities with it that could go one of two ways that I, I'm just not really sure what to expect. So again, you know, I think this movie will surprise me no, no matter what, because of that. Um, am I looking forward to it? Yes, because I want to see what they do. Um, but I'm more excited for the ones that I kind of like, I, I've already got a sense of what they're going to be like in that sense is, Oh, they're going to be these specific things that I find to be pretty awesome. Um, but Thor, Love, and Thunder will be cool. not exactly in love with the title. Uh, I'm sure it'll come to mean something in the movie, but anyway, this movie will definitely be interesting um, because it's definitely, again, like the Thor movies taking so many turns. This is kind of another big one in this sense, more of a character-driven turn than like a stylistic turn that Ragnarok was, but anyway, Thor, Love, and Thunder should be cool. I know a lot of people are excited for this. I'm pretty excited for it just because I have no idea what they're going to do. There's a lot of unanswered questions here, uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Interested to see what they do. Which leads us to the final movie, um, which is not technically Phase 4. It's going to be Phase 5, but that is Blade with Mahershala Ali. Now, admittedly, I know very little about Blade, and I wish I knew more because the sound of his character and like the premise of his character, the general stuff I do know, sounds awesome. Uh, and it sounds like, again, one of those things, kind of like Punisher or Deadpool, where it's not the usual Marvel. It's kind of like a little detour from what they would normally do, and I'm excited that they're introducing some of that. Um, Mahershala Ali is interesting casting. He's not the guy you imagine in kind of the superhero or maybe even spy role, um, but I think he can pull it off because he's a pretty versatile actor. So I I, I really have no concern over him. I'm sure he's going to be awesome. It's just, it was it was very out of the blue, this announcement, which makes it simultaneously, oh, what are they going to do about this? And, oh, that's going to be awesome. Like, it, it, that's kind of the weird balance I have between this and also with Thor Love and Thunder, of course, where this will probably be awesome, but at the same time, I have no idea what they're going to do. So, we'll see. I think Blade's going to be really cool. I wish I knew more about who was directing it and writing it because I think that's going to add a lot. Is, same with Black Widow, if they have a really key uh like kind of directing style or writing style i think it can be really awesome i mean with the whole kind of vampire plot lines it could be a very like almost horror like like dr strange could be like that Um, or also this like bleak punisher like uh kind of palette um i believe in the blade movie with wesley snipes it got kind of futuristic and sci-fi-ish um and of course they could bring that in too so there's really no telling okay that is it mcu phase four Uh, Clearly, no Chris Evans present. Clearly, no Robert Downey Jr. present. I'm open to the change just because it seems like no matter what Marvel has tried to do or changed, they're still doing it well. Um, And and the solo movies have been shining lately with things like uh, Black Panther or uh, the two Spider-Man movies have been great. And of course, like I mentioned, Thor Ragnarok. The crossover movies are so good, like Infinity War and Endgame, but I think I really like the idea of bringing them back down to just one-character stories. We get to develop characters more rather than just the ambitious, flashy uh, crossover stuff. But it worked perfectly for Endgame. I just think that was such a huge event in its own. It's time to step off of that for a little bit. Um, So I like that direction they're taking. Uh, It's kind of sad to not see the familiar faces, but again, I think Marvel's gonna work with some great new people here, um, introduce some fun new plot lines, and not get as caught up in all the crossover, you know, weaving of plot stuff, uh, which allows them to just focus on making really good movies. Which, again, not that they weren't doing that, it, but I, I like the movies that are in that direction more and more recently. So, you know, I think phase four will be awesome. As much as we're gonna miss seeing Iron Man or Captain America, uh, we'll, we'll still get to see Thor and some of those others continuing. Who knows about Hulk? But we spent so much time with characters like Iron Man, Captain America. I feel like their arcs are really so full and like complete now that it makes no sense to keep going indefinitely with them. Like you know James Bond because there's so many movies with him, he doesn't really have like plot lines of change that much anymore. Whereas it's really cool to just look at Iron Man one to Endgame and see like the very complete arc. Uh, and I, I just think they shouldn't take that any further. They should just say, "Hey, here's a huge arc that was awesome, wasn't it? We we know you loved it. Thank you." uh we loved it too but now we're going to start something new just kind of need a, a a blank slate um so should be awesome MCU phase 4 uh and uh, with that being said uh that was this episode of Cine Study so let me know what you think of uh MCU's phase 4 uh by either commenting on Instagram on the post for this episode uh that is at Cine Study podcast uh same for Facebook Cine Study podcast or emailing us at cinestudypodcasts at gmail.com. Now, I am disappointed nobody has answered the call last week of, uh, did Jake Gyllenhaal break the fourth wall in Spider-Man Far From Home? So I am a little bit disappointed in that. Maybe somebody's still out there who's going to listen to the episode and will let me know. Maybe when we have more listeners, I will resurface the question in a later Marvel episode. Uh, But for now, the question remains unanswered, so if you do have that answer, please let me know. Uh, Refer to the Spider-Man Far From Home episode, episode uh, 27? No, 28. Gosh, I can't count uh and let me know um but with that being said follow me on letterbox at film dylan if you want to see all of the movies i'm seeing a lot of the rankings list that i'll do episodes on are works in progress on letterbox i add to them as i go things like christopher nolan ranked will eventually get an episode but if you want to see where i stand so far with uh i think three movies left to see you can go on letterbox at film dylan and check that out be sure to review the show and share it to your friends five star reviews really do help out the show and uh, and spreading it by word of mouth or any other means, uh, again, does the same. Because at the end of the day, as I always mention, I do like to talk to these movies with other people, uh, and that is what this show is about. So give me your opinions, give me your recommendations and suggestions. Uh, but for now, that is this episode of Cinestudy, Study, episode 28, I guess. I can't. Why can't I count? I think it's 29. Yeah, because 27 was Princess Bride. All right, forget about this. This is stupid. Thank you for listening to Cine study I'm Dylan, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Cine study